electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market Moving Insight and Analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Friday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. Pretty steady pre-market coming off the S&P's worst day in several weeks. Plenty to work with today, from P&G's quarter to some decent flash PMIs in Europe. An 11-month high on their composite, and we'll get our own this hour as well. Our roadmap begins with rate expectations, a slew of Fed speak crossing the tape, pointing to maybe another hike in May, but a pause may be now in view. Plus, Ford CEO saying that Tesla's price cuts could start a pricing war and turn EVs into commodities. And Meta, topping Tesla in market value. Let's begin with the markets. We mentioned, uh, Jim, some softness yesterday. I mean, uh, worst day in about a month on the S&P. Yeah, but I mean, remember one time midday, this market is trading uh, very schizophrenic because midday the market looked great, and I thought it was going to uh, maybe finish strong. And what we're, we're lacking is just some sort of two- or three-day-up tech. So, I mean, Apple has two-day up, and then it just gives up the ghost. I mean, today we'll have Amazon. There's some positive chatter from J.P. Morgan. Amazon bullcase. Well, maybe Amazon is able to uh, after the. I think they let a couple of people go from Whole Foods. Still trying to figure out. You know, they spend a lot of money on Whole Foods. Now, I, I think that they actually love it every time I say they need to fire hundred thousand people. Like they say, yeah, that's so great. But the fact is, is that Amazon is trying to rationalize. And uh, if they rationalize and they figure out how to get something out of the eight billion dollar Alexa, could be something. Isn't it really just all about AWS for that company, though, at this well, point? No, I mean, a- you know, I, I know how enormous the marketplace business is, the retail business, but it doesn't really seem to move the needle well, on profitability. Well, they just talk endlessly about you know, football and then Alexa. And Alexa doesn't have any mileage. She listens to everything you have to say, and then she puts it out to you. Reignite the growth rate at AWS. In other words, move it back up they above its current ADM's, growth rate, it's and you've got a higher stock price. The growth rate is slowing I mean, dramatically. That's all I hear about is AWS well, worth $400 billion or $800 billion. It's about the world. I hear about Oracle, Google taking share. So it's not, you know, it's not all better roses up there with the AWS. That's my point. Maybe, maybe below 15% growth? What do you think? I don't have an opinion on that, but I no. just... We spend a lot of time talking about Amazon, as we should for, um, for the retail business. But from an investor perspective, that does not seem but to be top of mind, Jim. you about advertising. You stopped talking about it. I did. Well, advertising was a very highly high-margin business that was also contributing significantly to profitability, right. despite its relatively but small number in terms of top line. I'd like to point out that both Amazon and Alphabet, I mean, Alphabet seems to have bottomed on its worst moments, right, on the... Do you go to Bing? I've been doing uh, Bing, switching back and forth. Bing's giving you very different answers. To, to your queries? Yeah. Then, then, then search. Yeah, then Google search. You'll try it. I have not actually. You know, I've just used ChatGPT directly. Did you have Bing on your directly. PC or did you just disable it? I don't use Bing. Google Teams come. I mean, the stuff that comes up now, when you buy a new PC, it's just every, you're just bought and paid for by these big companies. And I don't think people like it. I think this would be like a bit of a backlash. Not unlike the back, backlash at Tesla today. 
Did you see all those names, bold-faced names, that were against uh, they're asking for more supervision? Yeah, I did. Now, could did. that be another reason Tesla stock is? I don't know. All of it adds up to about $1.5 billion. There's about 25 names I'm just here. saying that there's a couple of stocks that dominate the Not news. Quite. And frankly, that they're, and, and why I bring it up is because these companies are back determining whether the tape is good. And I think that's the same, Carl, because something seems to happen to them every day, and yet it's much to do about nothing. I mean, I'm looking for earnings. I mean, Union Pacific versus CSX, the good numbers from SLB, uh, the Proctor numbers. This is what this market should be about, not whether there's a price cut or price increase every other day or AWS is slowing down. we got to get away from that, David. That's no value added. That's what I do. Yeah. No value added. Uh, well, I mean, we can dive into any of those. Um, P&G is interesting, uh, especially this raise on the full-year organic uh, guide. Uh, they were at four to five, now go to six. Uh, volume oh. down three, but price up 10. And they do say somewhere in the January, March timeframe, they took another round, which is probably just hitting about now. Now, one of the things that I've been, I speak to all these CEOs, and the incredible thing is all they talk about is who can raise price the most and get away with it. Well, we have our winner, New Champion, which is Proctor. And they're even doing things like, I remember when like Dollar Shave was supposed to win. I mean, Gillette. Holy cow! Grooming! David, grooming is back as a growth category? Is it? And Proctor's and Proctor has a brand, you know, their brand names, they just put a few dollars behind them and people switch. I mean, I was using Schick for a couple of weeks. I'm back. <laughs> Moeller on, on Squawk Today talked about some of the tech advances and finding ways yes. to reach, say, someone with uh, a child uh, to do baby care. This was great. This uh, was great. Take a listen to Moeller this morning on Squawk. Last quarter, volume was minus six. This quarter, it's minus three. That would be minus two, excluding some portfolio adjustments that we've made. And we have categories and countries uh, that are beginning to turn neutral to positive on volume. So I'm very pleased overall with where we stand there. Said he would not say that trading down or private label is a, quote, major descriptor of the current environment. No, Said they're not seeing a big impact from the expiration of SNAP. No, and I wonder what it means uh, when it comes to Unilever. Uh, now they're in an off cycle. But I also feel that I've been looking and waiting for Kroger private label to start taking share. Now, Costco is taking share in its own subtle way with Kirkland, but they're not, it's not producing good or uh, an explosion of earnings because they don't want that. They want volume. I'm actually glad you mentioned Costco. The B of A desk today says they got a bunch of calls about it yesterday because it was up 3% intraday. Yes, yes. And they argue that the hope trade remains a special dividend, happens every two and a half to three okay. years. Yeah, they, Last one was 2020. Well, uh, Mitch Galanti, who is, by the way, can we just say most CFOs are not hilarious. You've got to listen to his call because he just plays the analyst like it's a it's just remarkable. But they also gave that regular a dividend boost, which is better than expected. And I think that Galanti may be the most cerebral CFO in the country, which is why he has so much fun on the call. He knows the business. Some of these CFOs, David, they come on and all they can do is talk about the, I don't know, the algorithm, the algorithm. What the algorithm? algorithm you know, we're going to get back to the algorithm. I mean, what does that mean? We're going to be able to do better than we were doing? I don't know what that means. The algorithm. No, that doesn't Rich mean to me. He goes aisle by aisle. He was very disappointed, by the way, in hard goods. A lot of people are disappointed in hard goods. Electronics. Electronics doing very badly. But this is the American Express. Boy, do people hate that quarter. Very interesting. They still hate it. There's a second day hate. They're putting another day hate. 
And you know who they've turned on? Possibly ATT. Hey, you know, and, and, and as Jesus, we said, you were moving fast. No, I have to because we, we have just a lot transitioned to talk about. from my, my, Costco CFO. I just want to let people at home I keep another, up with you I have to American Express. Seventy-two stocks, right, but you don't have to get to them all. You no? don't. No, you don't. What? So American Express shares mm. still down. AT and T's rebounding ever so slightly after a horrible day yeah, yesterday. Well, I just tell you, the worst day since two thousand. Did you hear the call where they said, and of course the expected one billion dollar in cash flow were sticking. And everybody by else that. is like, well, wh- who else expected that? Free, free, free cash flow. No, <laughs> I, that, it was a deviation from you, what had been expectations well, for free cash flow and call. the concerns about a full year, sixteen billion, quarter, so which far. they're keeping up at right now. Um, but you can see the yeah. bit of a rebound. We got some positive research this morning. Oh, yeah, Carl. yeah. You know what? Did you HSBC see? ups, uh, Goldman defended. But worst day in more than 20 years. Well, I mean, when you listen to these defenses, they're starting to talk about the car- Goldman says the 6.3 yield is a steep discount to the regular level. Well, that's because the cut the dividend and the stock went down a lot. They made it sound like they've been boosting the dividend. By the way, the quarter also did take down Verizon yesterday. It took it sure down did. T-Mobile. I'm so um, glad you mentioned that. Even our our parent company stock was weaker. I'm, I'm not so sure if that was mean, results of that. I'm not but. glad you mentioned that. <laughs> How about, uh, looks like Mint's going to get a second look by regulators, if you believe the Do post. Do they know who's behind Mint? <laughs> the most popular person in North America. Jonathan Canner has finally overstepped his bounds at antitrust. You cannot go after he's Ryan finally Reynolds. Out. He's overstepped his bounds. He's been on our air a lot, too. He was on with you, then he was squawk. just on with the squawk well, all group. All I can tell you is, as much as I love Jonathan, this was a major mistake. You love this, Ryan Reynolds more? I think men, men and women, he's the only person I know, equally loved, equally fabulous. People, I mean, I, yeah, by the way, like I, I was texting about like, I think this is an outrage. I really do. Biko, come on. Canner's saying what, that the, the, the competition's going to be hurt? Next they're going to come out against AB, against Jiz Jin. Against gin. His gin. Yes, he has a gin. Well, yes, the, yes. consolidation gin. in the gin market is very concerning. Right, it's really, it's Hendrix. What Hendrix, about the gin consumer, Jim? Yeah. What about I, I, that I'm poor worried consumer. about the gin consumer because I thought Hendrix was good, and now suddenly it's just, the category's just getting more narrow. Does I mean, Ryan has a gin, Ryan Reynolds? That's he what he has? He gin for $770 million. Oh, he did? He has a gin. I mean... I'm oh late God. to the. What do you want from me? I'm not following everybody. Have you sold your mezcal yet for $770 million? <laughs> Stop it. It's my wife's the mezcal. The question is. Plus four. I'll be signing bottles in Houston tomorrow. Are, are you going to come to work the day after you sell it for a billion well, to Diageo? You bet Darn I will. Darn right he is. You bet I will. You know you think, will. Even if it's a Saturday, I'll come to work. I've been coming <laughs> to work Saturday. There's nobody here. No. I mean, one Saturday came in and Logan Roy was there. With a tie. In Englewood. Yeah, in Englewood. They spent a lot of time in our building. Yeah, there I was. I was with Shiv in the boardroom. Hey, Crying. listen, the money that. Uh, Succession paid to rent our uh, place, helped us make the quarter. Is that true? Yeah. Can we get, can they come back after the offsite's <laughs> no, over? They're the done. Retreat? They're done. They spend more for one episode than we do for an entire <laughs> year. Someone asked me yesterday about Dominion. And I said, I think the 4.6% yield's good. And they said, no, no, the real the other, Dominion. The other Dominion. Said, no, the real Dominion is Dominion. They wanted to know about the other Dominion. The other Dominion? Yeah, Dominion is a very good, very good uh, utility that has a very high yield. Yes, it is not a voting machine company. Glad we got to that too. Wow. Let's get to Tesla. I'm Hiking trying. prices this time on some of its U.S. cars after the stock fell nearly 10 percent on those results yesterday. The increase is implemented just days after the company's sixth price cut this year. Prices for the S and the X now uh, up to $2,500 each. And there's a lot of news. I mean, oh, there's wow. Farley responding to the notion of 
of price wars in the auto business? Well, I happen to love the fact, now Farley, of course, who knows, you know, his family's been a Ford family forever, even from like the era of the TNA. And the fact is that Farley is willing to admit that they've commoditized the, that, the electric EV. But his whole hope, and we're seeing it over and over again, even with the $7,500 credit, the Ford Lightning. It, look, the Mach-E is a terrific thing, but the Lightning is the thing that he's banking on. And he was delighted that the uh, pickup truck looks like it does, uh, which obviously would double as something you can put on Star Trip, you know, Star Trip ship, you know, right up there. Yeah. Oh, Starship. Yeah. yeah. You can put that thing on that thing. His, the his, Cybertruck. Yeah, that could be in the moon. That could take Mars by storm. But Farley's focused on U.S., which I think is a good market. Now, I think Farley's going to kill it with the F-150 Lightning. Just kill it. Meantime, you had Kathy Wood on our air yesterday saying 2000 Tesla um, on, on autonomy. And now you have Meta with a bigger market cap than Tesla for the first time in 16 months. If, if, I have to tell you that if, if Zuckerberg fires some people from the division that's Meta, then you're going to see that stock be, a, a, be up another 25% larger than, than Tesla. I think that there are, when I mean, we do have this letter from Tesla about, about leadership, but I, I, I question the, the price, increased price, although in the great conference call, it was great, he did talk about how they actually have data. I mean, he was making fun of the other guys, basically saying, listen, the other guys could never do this because they don't even know what they're selling their price, their stuff for. And I thought Tesla, that was an amazing conference call. Although I don't think that Jonas is right about what will ever be the line that we'll remember because I've already forgotten it. But I do think that, that one thing that is absolutely true, David, is that Tesla's in command of its own. It may be, but others, analysts are not forgetting it. I mean, Truist this morning puts a $154 price target on it using a uh, discounted cash flow model. They downgrade the stock to a hold. Yeah. And they're, of course, talking about, hey, that was surprising, that willingness to accept lower margins, at least in their opinion. Product pricing, I earned a thesis, looks even more correct, but diminishes the value of the core automotive business. You know, I'm hearing that the their pickup truck is kind of like a techno Lamborghini. Yes, you were using Lamborghini yesterday when you were describing the uh, the well, cyber truck. I, I like. Okay, so not everybody watches every minute. Sometimes you know you do. No, and even when they do, a lot of times they don't know what you're talking about. So Why, come back to it again. So what should I be doing? Doing this in my basement? <laughs> I think it's worthwhile. I think no, I have some worthwhile things to say. I think it's worthwhile, too. I'd just like you to fill in the blanks occasionally. That's all. I try to get through as many companies as I can because I think that one of the things that I've done in my own personal surveys is that people want their stock mentioned, okay? okay. So if you try to wrap things up, for instance, we haven't talked CSX today. Right. CSX was dramatically better than Union Pacific. I've not seen a quarter where rails have such differentiation than this one. People talking about the transports, though, and some of the quarters there and the commentary is not being particularly positive for the macroeconomic environment. No. By the and way, CSX's uh, CEO will be joining Squawk on the Street later in the program. He's not coming on. You have him? What time? Morgan Brennan's bringing him on with us, yeah. I like him. I like him, and I like the coal line, believe it or not, even with natural gas as low, because coal exports are good. But intermodal is the best, to me, take on what's going on in the economy. And I did not feel good about the economy after Union Pacific, or a little, CSX felt a little better. Union Pacific was a very disjointed and a very poorly run call. And if you want to listen to a call that, that has much less value than it used to, Union Pacific. 
Very um, disappointing. Anything Except from the truck Wasn't Mexico. there some commentary from Swift or some of the others that wasn't particularly positive either? Or? Well, look, I mean, people decided that some of the, of the, what was, I thought, negative commentary is actually a little more positive because the stocks have come down a lot. Watch XPO today. They got a I was going to say uh, two, two upgrades of XPO. Yeah. Uh, J.P. Morgan goes from 35 to 52. Uh, City goes from 37 to 50. That right. stocks to be up the most of anything today. And I, well, not Proctor, Proctor's better. But I, I found it quizzical because I knew that, you know, the previous, previous company uh, doing okay. They split off their logistics business. They were undervalued. Brad Jacobs, I thought, did a good job. And I was surprised to see the stock go up so much on this appointment. But the transports are very much in focus, I think. And I know it's kind of difficult, but I think East Palestine has really colored the rails in terms of going slower, doing, you're just not going to do as much business when you're under a level of scrutiny because of Norfolk Southern's mistakes. And so the industry, I think, is a little under siege. Or you're, you're definitely going to bring your speed down, yes. uh, efficiency. Will... And I'm sure Joe will, uh, will, Morgan will talk about it because CSX had a remarkable quarter, but one of the things they were saying is that just their safety is very strong. And typically, they start with safety. You don't spend as much time on it. And then after what happened in East Palestine, I wanted to know because I do not want to be in, in the, a rail that has so, so safety. Right. Uh, take a look at the pre-market here. We'll get to some of the eco data and the Fed speak that's on the way uh, later on today, as well as some of the comments we've gotten from uh, Mester and Bostic yes. and Harker last 24 hours. Uh, still steady pre-market. Got some options expiration as well, uh, which will make the close interesting. Back in a moment. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Happy Friday, everybody. It's time for a mad dash. We've got about seven and a half minutes before we get to a uh, opening bell for the last trading session of the week. Earlier in the week, Schwab reported earnings. Uh, you would have expected it to be a focus given a lot of the concerns around that company. Now there's uh, some research coming yeah. out as well about the quarter. Yeah. No, first, it's, it's Palestine. When people add a little Palestine on my mind, East Palestine. Palestine, Ohio, yeah. Okay, so I want you to get this, David, because this is probably the most uh, brilliant way to bring out value. You know, there was this bank within Schwab, and that's what everyone was focused on. JP Morgan comes out with a brilliant piece that he's saying, get rid of the bank. The bank could sell at a very big price. Schwab could sell at a very big price. This is the kind of piece that I think that management should sit back and say, you know what? This, after what's happened with the bank bringing them down as opposed to the brokerage, maybe it's time to split up. So I wanted to ask you, David, because you know M&A, uh, considering the divorce of the broker and bank, what happens when you read something like this? Like, would they call a banker and say, is this worth more if we split up? Because this piece was so compelling that I would tell people to buy Schwab. Interesting. Okay, I think we may have an opportunity to ask about it. What, you I heard properly in my ear, I think Schwab CEO is going to join us in the, what, in in the 11 o'clock hour. Yeah. 
so uh, not you or me, but now he bought a lot of stock and he well, came Sarah. on. And that, he's a terrific guy. He's a brave guy. And that, yeah, that interview with Sarah was just fantastic. It put the bot. Well, not the total buy. But, you know, he came out right here and said, "Yeah, I know." The oh, question right. is, is it ever going to regain these sort of heights prior to the uh, yes, prior they, to the mini banking crisis? If they crisis? debank, that's the point of what I'm talking about. This is about debanking. I see that. Schwab could feasibly debank. And says. that's how you get it here. So you've got some great questions to ask about Mr. Bedger when he comes on. Who, by the way, uh, really, uh, as I said in the comms call, just talked about the lies that are being told about him. I've never yeah, heard no. a, C- a CEO it was a, combative, on a it was a combative conference call. Right. I know I read it. Um, Bro, it, it, it. Everything from short sellers to competitors. There yeah. was a, journalists were cited too. Yeah, Lazy journalists. Yeah. Don't like those lazy journalists. All right, we got an opening bell a few minutes away. By the way, keep in mind that uh, if you want to catch us, well, you can do so anytime, anywhere. You can listen to and follow the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. Speaking of an opening bell, it's five minutes away. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. In order to put inflation on a sustained downward trajectory to 2%, I anticipate that monetary policy will need to move somewhat further into restricted territory this year. With Fed funds rate moving above 5% and the real Fed funds rate staying in positive territory for some time. I expect to see meaningful improvement in inflation this year with inflation moving down to about three and three quarters percent by the end of the year, continuing to improve next year and reaching our 2% goal in 2025. That's Mester yesterday with her take on inflation. She's been in your crosshairs, Jim. Do you yeah, think she got well, a little dovish? I think that she is starting to understand that that maybe prudent shifts in favor of not continual lockstep. I think she's maybe a little more attuned, David. You know, you're starting to see stories about credit crunch. It, it, the credit crunch, I think, is, is commercial real estate. Portland, the new one that I didn't know was bad. But I think that she's responding to the idea that the system may not be able to handle endless, endless hikes. I think we are still trying to, and it seems as though the Fed is still trying to figure out the true impact of what a credit crunch will be, how significant it will be, what it will look like. Um, John Gray yesterday from Blackstone sees it or says he sees it. Others, though, say still unclear. Well, I just think that what we have to do, when you, if you parcel the banks, I mean, it's obvious that if you're going to have uh, the this middle-tier banks have the kind of same regulation as the big ones, Carl, you know, you're, you're going to have a significant decline in lending just because they, the rules are always hard to understand. Uh, meantime, some of these PMIs, Jim, in Europe, uh, 11-month high on their composite services kind of blew away the number. Well, look, I had uh, Anna Poutine, who is the amazing executive chair of, of, of Santander, which is now the fifth largest bank in Europe, having extraordinarily good numbers right now, and just saying that Europe is much stronger than people think. SAP is a fourth free market. They have a lot of good things well, to say. And that's on a miss. No, I mean, uh, Ms. Poutine, 
rather remarkable person just comes back meeting with the heads of state of wherever she goes, probably the most diplomat of people, was just saying that just not understanding why people in America think that Europe is so weak when it's not. By the way, here at the big board this morning, it is Madison Square Garden Entertainment Group. At the NASDAQ, it's uh, LD Micro, provider of two premier small cap conferences, ringing the opening bell here as we're back to 41.30, Jim. Pretty pretty amazingly yes. tight range last couple I of just, weeks. I mean, you, you look at things like, uh, there was a piece that David Costin put out last night about activist, act stocks that are involved in activist crosshairs. David, it's like, well, they're, they're doing better by, you know, I, I, infinitesimal, but everyone's trying to find a little bit of edge here because the S&P isn't doing anything. Activism has actually been marked by a lack of activity rather than more. We expected perhaps that with universal proxy, you'd see a willingness of activists to just right. go for it, made it less expensive. Um, the one out there right now is Carl Icahn on Illumina. He put a new letter out. I don't wow. know if you guys had a chance to read it. That's an interesting battle. There are some who say he's actually got a lot of good um, arguments to make, make here, but they question whether or not they want to see more Icon directors, so to speak, you know, and as opposed to the quality of his directors. But we'll see. Well, um, I just think because it, it of course that company, what that company did in terms of Grail and closing it in the face of antitrust objections and. Yeah. Costing shareholders an enormous amount of money. CEO on the board of uh, Disney. We haven't mentioned Disney. I'm sorry? CEO on the board of Disney. CEO of... D'Souza? Yep. Oh, it's on the board of Disney. Yeah. The CEO of Illumina, yes. We haven't mentioned Disney yet, and yet every day this, this story is captivating America. You're talking about DeSantis versus Disney? I think that it is certainly um, something that a lot of directors are watching closely as well because it gets back to this question as to when you choose as a company to engage or not. And I think, you know, if Bob Chapek had it all back again, he probably would have done things a bit differently, perhaps, and, and how you do so. And then, of course, the questions about whether DeSantis at this point is bringing well, up the idea of putting a prison next to the... Uh, you saw the journal poll. Uh, DeSantis had a 14-point advantage against Trump in December. It's now a 13-point deficit. Yeah, that's incredible. That turn is uh, remarkable. And uh, John Ellis, whose newsletter I read every morning, is really just talking about, look, it, he had uh, an article that he was quoting this week basically saying that Trump wins the Electoral College in the election. I mean, we're really kind of jumping there. But I, I do think that this is not helping DeSantis. I do wish that the discourse would be about the cuts at ESPN or the cuts in Hollywood because the stock itself is horrendous. And, and, I mean, horrendous. And my travel trust owns it. And I'm like saying, guys, let's let's get let's start moving here. They did they did announce cuts, but we don't want cuts. We want revenue growth, and that. So far, no. Well, I mean, it has outperformed the S&P this year. It's not horrendous. It's up about 13%. Well, it's down, it's down about 80 points, and it used to have a dividend. <laughs> All true. Yes. By the way, uh, happy 25th anniversary to Animal well, don't Kingdom. Don't look at me like that. In, uh, in Lake Buena Vista. Yeah, 25 uh, years. Well, you look at me like that I'll look that at you any way I want after the way you look at me every minute. Newcore. Let's just switch topic because I don't want to deal about his the way Newcore. With the just remark- pointing out that you said it's been horrible, and it's, it's you know the year is almost half over. There pe- Not quite. There are people who bought the April. stock higher. How about that? Many people bought now, the stock higher, including your charitable trust. <laughs> 
Um, doesn't it, matter that I bought Meta at 18. That doesn't I, mean I, anything we believe, to we, right, I know. It means nothing, you yep. cherry-picking yep. negativist. I, I am here to defend you when you deserve to be defended. Oh, Always. Okay. How about I'm right out that, there in front of you. How about the fact that Apple was down two and three quarters early this morning, no one could figure out why, and now it's almost back. I do want to point out Newcore because Newcore is talking about the Chips Act and building. We don't talk about the Chips Act nearly enough, particularly because the goal of, uh, of Secretary Raimondo from Commerce is to make it so the discourse of Taiwan is not about Taiwan, but we, it does cost five times to make a uh, fab here that it does to Taiwan. And I think you need a pension move. You have to be a little more defense. But meantime, President Xi's racking up. I mean, it just seems to me with any head of state that's available and it all goes well. Yeah. Uh, so there's been some pieces on that last 24 hours about how he's met with just about everybody, everybody. other than us. Yeah. Uh, even to put, pushing back the Blinken visit. Uh, and then another piece today about Taiwan themselves saying, guys, cool, cool saying rhetoric. Cool yeah. Was this that not, not unbelievable? Taiwan itself, which is obviously the, the point, is saying, hey, come on, America. And I, I took my breath away because, although, look, they have a lot of business in China, but yeah. the, the existential crisis is not about business. It's about about a, demo- a, threat, you know, a thriving democracy. Although, Taiwan is a democracy. At the same time, it is. Um, uh, it is. China growth, I mean, J.P. Morgan just went to 6.3 from 5.5. Nomura says they're in the, quote, sweet spot the of the economy. COVID rebound. Yeah. The LVMH rebound. I was talking to Anna Botin. LVMH yeah. is the, maybe the most un- undercovered brilliant company on earth. And, and uh, I just think that people, it's such a force in China that, uh, look, at, look at that, there's a stock, that represents By the way, Europe. go back a ways because it'll look, it'll look just as good. I mean, and Bernard Arnault, we do talk about, of course, the man who runs LVMH and is now the wealthiest man, or I'm not sure if he's number one. Well, he is, Tesla's he is down Back here. to number one. It was an interesting yeah. story, I think yesterday, the day before, I think it was in the journal, about sort of how he's grooming his children in terms of, and they're not young, uh, in terms of uh, succession. Well, back to your favorite succession. show. Back to all of our, I, many uh, of our favorite look, shows. He's a man of great mystery. Even people who are close to him don't know his next move, but are eagerly anticipated because he's so far ahead of everybody else when it comes to what uh, emerging countries want. It's amazing the power of a brand still, particularly in the luxury well, space and what Proctor. you can do and then the margins that follow. You, you know, it's interesting. David's got something going, maybe a special that he can do, like kind of like the age of Walmart. There are brands that in this era have transcended that it turns out that inflation didn't hurt them. It turns out that uh, a great turmoil in countries hasn't hurt them. It's just remarkable. And then there are brands that like Hydrox Cookies. <laughs> Whatever happened to Hot? They were no good any, anyway. <laughs> How about you, I mean, man? compared to Oreos? Come on. They did bury they, Oreo did kind of bury Like, Hydrox. remember when you get Hydrox? You're like, Hydrox. <laughs> Hydrox, we, we were a Hydrox family because they, they were, were cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> tough, tough childhood. Uh, Jim, we you, love Tang because you yeah, see, I was it was say, a, I know it was Tang was the a, astronauts. A big part of your life, and, and watering down the grape juice because my mother would say it's too. It's got too much grape juice in it. Let's put some water in it. <laughs> uh, guys, you mentioned Meta. This piece in the FT, Jim, about them cutting 10% of London. Well, that's why uh, I'm thinking. And, and removing London as the Instagram hub is a big reversal. You know, this is people are not following his moves. He is taking, I'm waiting for him to, to decimate New York real estate. 
when he gets out of the contracts here. But he is he just of the people who recognize that they overhire. This man is very self-effacing. He's not afraid to admit it. Everybody else who's overhired is kind of saying, well, what do we do? I mean, I find Alphabet and and Amazon both are, are struggling with the overhire. Yeah. And he's not. He's Mr. Efficiency now. They had a town hall yesterday. It was reported on by a number of different outlets where he they didn't, they didn't give great answers, I thought, at least the ones that I saw in terms of why they were making cuts where they were as opposed to other areas, why they were giving top management bonuses after overhiring. But um, there's one look at it. And listen, he leaves open the possibility of further cuts. Isn't that something? Even with I mean, what a cut, having cut a, a quarter of the staff, in terms of employees. No, and that's on top of uh, BuzzFeed's cuts yesterday. Wow, wasn't and now that? the FT says Deloitte a thousand jobs in the U.S. Uh, it's Friday, and, and maybe we'll see a pattern people where we'll start getting some tape bombs on Friday afternoons. Yep, it's some really good chatter on Twitter. Brian Stelter, uh, who's one of my favorite followers, and, and New York Times, just talking about we had to revert to actual journalism. Not, you know, I remember when I met with the people from BuzzFeed, they were trying to put a picture of a cat. Cats, like it was one of those things where like, you know how you're, you're in a craven moment, cats rate, if you can put a cat up every two seconds, people will watch you. Well, that turned out to be, it didn't have the, didn't have the staying power. Didn't have the legs. Yeah, that was not a great SPAC deal. I think BuzzFeed is trading in 70 cents range. Let's just say WeWork may be not far, not far. I think WeWork may be a little worse. Yeah. And then hey, have you been following, 72 by the cents, way, and then wheels up. Did you really? Same we, time? Yeah, we said the same coke. time. There you go. Yeah. All right. Now, WeWork, wheels up. You think of a lot of them. Yeah. Well, we think about Didn't them go because well. they... Remember they, the days on Fridays we do all the SPAC numbers? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, I find that when you look at SPACs, you know, I always come back to Getty. Which at one point, I mean, Getty, is, which by the way, is a very, very good company. I'm not slamming them because Jensen Wong talks to them as a partner. But came public at 10, then immediately went to 34 and is at 5. How is that possible? How is that possible? Uh, they brought it back. Thank you, guys. Just, just to have a little memory there when we used to talk about. But, uh, uh, the SPACs just wiped out some another of them are still, there of investors. Is, yeah, they're, they're still moving forward. Of course, we haven't seen. When was the last time we saw an IPO of any note? I mean, there were three last week. None of them were larger than, than like 30 million, and they were all Chinese stocks. Yeah. The information um, had the, the story today about SeatGeek starting to look at uh, confidential filing. but I mean, the big one will be later this year is going to be Arm Holdings. Yes. That's oh, a different wow. company. That's, a, a, that's company. a mature company that's that been around great. for that's a long company. time. It's a great uh, company. It's not, you know one of those early, relatively early growth kind of companies that will get people very, very excited. Not that ARM won't be an important listing, it will be quite important, and certainly for SoftBank, uh, which owns it. Look, ARM, I think, is one of those companies that, that there are, it's like DeepMind at Google. I mean, we forget, you know, Oxford and Cambridge. Yes. It's not just Stanford. No. I put them in the same breath. UK-based. Uh, uh, Jim, on energy, uh, oil's going to finally have a down week after a month. I, um, and this, yet the analysts can't, now the analysts all love them, which I think is actually justified. Diamond no one understands why it couldn't hold the OPEC uh, uh, gap uh, right. on, the, on the production cut. Well, I'm going to Texas you know, in a cursory way, obviously, signing bottles in Houston for my wife, uh, plus 4 but in Dallas. And the oil people are anxious to come on and tell their story because I think they think that the 
the perception in in journalism is is that or the, the Permian's peaked. Not only am I not getting that, but there is signs of a major fine in Powder River. Really? Yeah, major. Signs of a major fine. Major fine in Powder River. Powder, Powder River, Basin. River wow. Basin. Yeah, uh, to the point where we're going to be talking about how great Powder River is soon. So where the, is that, by the way? Wyoming. Wyoming. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting because we tend to think. Like, remember, I remember I went with the late Aubrey McLennan to Ohio uh, for the Utica. I went with him. He said, we're going to find a lot of oil. And they be drilled. I got there, and it was natural, natural so gas. So should, uh, should SLB be up today instead of down? No, cash flow wasn't what I thought. Uh, but I think that's such a well-run company that you buy it, buy it when it comes down. Baker Hughes, of all things, had the best. How could Baker Hughes have the best quarter? I mean, yeah. pretty amazing. We'll get rig count this afternoon, which has been right. softening. Well, I do think that you, you've got a lot of people in that industry who says that, that this is not the time to drill. Someone in the industry yesterday said that President Biden is going to drain the entire. I mean, the, 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 the tape piece this morning is that they could start refilling in Q3. We'll see if, if conditions are appropriate. Well, all, all I know is, is that when oil comes back down, you got to go back to the refiners and uh, because the spread is so great. I Look, I genuinely like the group, and I like the group because they decided to return capital to shareholders. I've been buying Kotara for my travel trust. That's half natural gas, half oil. They changed their policy, and they're buying back stock, still have a good yield, as opposed to just doing one of those giant yields, because it turns out, amazingly, they didn't realize that the average investor thinks that when you cut the yield, even though they said, listen, it's variable yield with oil, that something's wrong. You right. can't cut dividends. Uh, now, it's not ATT. No. I had to bring it back to that. Uh, well, as you should. Uh, you've not been positive for a long time. AT&T shares are up about 3% this after what we talked about, almost a historic decline yesterday. First time the stock decline. had been down that much in over 20 years. But you can no, see I, a bit of a rebound today. Again, a lot of disappointment yeah, in that free cash flow number. We talked about it. There wasn't that much else. But the other metrics were fine. They really weren't bad in terms of sub-ads. They talk about a moderation no, back to pre-pandemic levels in terms of subscribers. We all know about the competition already in the wireless markets. They continue their fiber overbuild, but there are just questions in terms of uh, in terms of cash. Well, it'll be interesting when we see Verizon because I don't think Verizon's going to be that great. Uh, when, just, when was the last time Verizon was great? <laughs> Been a long time. Yeah, yeah. At one point, they were sitting on a gold mine, those guys. Uh, now, I do want to distinguish between Union Pacific, which I said was a, a very difficult conference call, and CSX, which was just a delight. Uh, because CSX is, it looks like that they didn't have the precision railroading that we thought they did. And uh, you know, when you say, when you're running a railroad, you say that uh, one of the things that is not positive are beer shipments, Union Pacific. That's uh, getting a little too specific for me, even though, of course, it's probably Mandela and Corona. Um, guys, you know, it was, I think it was a week ago, right, that we got J.P. Morgan and we had a big rally in those shares. Uh, it certainly seems to have been the best quarter that we've seen from the big banks, if not from any. Well, David, but I... But the might. banks this week and today in particular, not strong. Up. Giving it back up. Yeah. Regions is uh, the biggest S&P loser. Wow. You know, I thought, well, Regions um, is obviously mid-ramp. And but Wells I, Fargo, Jim, is down 2.5% today. But had a nice move off the quarter, but you're absolutely right. It's given back a lot of that move. Yeah. Um, obviously, Goldman was not what people, uh, what investors had Can hoped we talk for. about Goldman for a second? Of course. Um, what do you hear? 
the instance, I'll, I'll tell you, are they making any money in the Apple credit card? I don't know. I don't know. Are, are, are they making any money in anything like a Marcus where they offload the bonds? Um, unclear. Are they making any money in M&A? Well, M&A is quiet. But yes, they they're making, making money, but not as much. Are they making any money in IPOs? No, there are no IPOs. All right, then I'm going to come to the conclusion that how could they be doing so well with the stock if everything is bad? What happens if anything goes good? What happens? They have nothing that's working. What would happen if... Wealth management's not bad. No, wealth management is good, yeah. but there are other people. I prefer James Gorman as I know the king you do. of wealth management. I know you prefer that, uh, that franchise at Morgan Stanley. But Stanford. I just think Goldman, it's amazing they're playing with, with three arms tied behind their back. What could happen there if M&A comes back? Or if the capital markets really come storming back, which they will at some point. I know. That's they why I will. thought the Goldman stock is reflecting that maybe it's not that things can only go up from here. It's down so long, it can only go up from there. It's still a good franchise. It's just that there are a lot of people doing nothing. Speaking of going up, little uptick here in some of the S&P flash PMIs. Let's get to Rick Santelli. Rick? Yes, there's some surprises here. S&P Global PMIs, the headline manufacturing number. Now, these are April preliminaries. They may change. Instead of getting the sixth sub-50 number in a row, we popped over 50, 50.4. That's the best level since September of last year. You notice interest rates? They're moving a little higher. The neat part is pre-opening, or excuse me, the, the markets and equities are firming up a bit as well. Look at services, 53.7. That is the best since April of last year. And finally, the composite PMI expected to be around 51 much better, 53.5, the best since May of last year. And it certainly seems as though what's better for the economy seems to be doing better for stocks. Although the interest rates are moving up, many still believe the Fed's darn close to the end. And another thing close to the end, for now, squawk on the street. But it will return after a short break. It's been a week of worry about price wars breaking out in the EV business. And sure enough, uh, worst uh, NASDAQ 100 laggards this week are largely about the auto business. Tesla, Lucid, Rivian all in there. Cisco also with an 8% decline on the week. Some worries about corporate IT spend. Dow's gone red. Stop trading with Jim's up next. It's time for Jim and stop trading. Well, one of the things that's really closely watched is whether the government will reimburse for these very expensive Alzheimer's drugs. And Lewis. Senior executive Lilly came out and said, Medicare is going to pay for everything. And that would be a nice reversal, of course. Uh, Lilly's got a, a formulation, not seen the real numbers yet. But these drugs are very, very expensive. But obviously, the disease is horrendous. And I regard this as being a sign that uh, they've got to have, they would not say this unless they got some inkling that this is going to be covered, uh, which you would not be able to private pay this. The vast majority can never private pay. How expensive these, these drugs Important are. to note, of course, the Biogen drug, which was not well met at all, was not something the government was willing to pay for. No. So this is a nice reversal, of course, if Lilly's right. Uh, and Lilly, obviously, we will see their, uh, we know that they have good reversal of plaque, but that's not enough. The big problem with these drugs, from what I've, the research I've done, because I do this stuff for the Brain Foundation, is you got to start on them really early if, you're, if your relatives, if your mother or father have it. But that said, we, we have so little on it that it, people, well, it's one of those things, just compassionate use, just give people something. Being able to detect early signs of Alzheimer's would be very helpful, right, we too. Bio, we need biomarkers, and that's why one of the reasons why I have Stefan Bensel on tonight from Moderna. He was one of the first people to tell me about 
how you can isolate biomarkers. And I think that's a very, very, he's a very impressive man. Let's not forget his role in the middle of February of, uh, in, the, in the middle of the absolute, I'm sorry, at the bottom. Oh, we remember when, that when, day. When everybody, yes. yeah. the bottom of the stock market was the day he came out and said one patient responded, I am going to get the second shot, the new shot, just for people who are asking. People are saying, Jim, are you going to get I am. You're going to rest up for the 180 S&P years next week? Oh, my, that's my favorite week of the year. It only, <laughs> happens, four, it only happens four times, David. And I'm going to see Howie Roseman, a couple nice. years. I'm going to see Jerry Jones on Monday. I spend a lot of time. All right, you're going to be in Dallas, aren't you? Yeah. To speak to uh, the owner of the, the excuse me. Of the Dallas Cowboys. Well, you see, if you're from Philadelphia, you can't say it. No, you don't say. Which we don't even understand why you're doing it. Because I'm a turncoat. Because I'm a cheap date. I don't know. Treason. I've been asked to go. That's good. That's going to be fun. We'll see you tonight, though. Uh, Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern time. Pretty flat action in the wake of those uh, PMI numbers. Dow's up four. When we return, CSX among the top performers after that quarterly beat. Don't go away. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.